Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports. Hey guys, welcome back to Sports Talk with C. Your girl is back with another episode. And on this episode, this one's a special one to me. I did my first Big East tournament March 7th of this year. And if you guys been listening, following me, I was very nervous. I was so scared. But I met this one person who welcomed me with open arms, made me feel comfortable, and made me know that it's okay to be me. So before I introduce him, let's just take a short break. You know how... You just meet people and you know their vibe is great. You know their energy is great. You know they're authentic. And everything about them speaks grace. As I stated earlier, I was so nervous at the Big East tournament. This was like my first one doing media. This was still new to me doing media. Um, I went in, you know, I had my long nails on. I was me. I stay true to who C is. And this one coach came and he sat down next to me and he talked to me and he said he loved my nails. And he was the only coach that in post game, he addressed me by my first name, which is Ciara. And it just showed that he respected why we were there the way he speaks about women's basketball, the way he defends women's basketball, the way he speaks to the love of his team, his school, his job, women's basketball. He's a great person. I love watching him coach. He may be small, but he packs a lot of power. This interview was amazing. Thank you, coach, for giving me your time. But that's enough of me babbling about who this person is. And let me introduce Seton Hall's women's basketball coach, Tony Bozella. I can can tell you love it. Like, that's what I love about you. Like, you have great passion like myself and you love it. So I think that's really important. It started as a baby. Um, I was, my brother was my first basketball person I've ever seen. My mom played basketball too. So, oh, wow. it, um, and you know, as my cousin Janae, who plays for PC and then my other cousin who coaches for PC. So it's in my blood. I just never played ever too much contact for me, but the joy it brings me is everything. So I had to do something that I love. So here we are. I, I love Janae before we even get, I love Janae and I, told her in our layup line last year that she was the resurrection the big reason for the resurrection at providence because yeah she's a great player let's just just, we all know that let's just take that aside just the level of confidence she stepped on the floor with for her teammates and how she supported her team i was really impressed with that and i told her that and you know as as someone who's transferred it's it's hard sometimes because you're trying to find yourself but she's done a great job at providence of getting them to to you know, develop confidence and become a, a real good program. She's done a great job. That's why I love you because that is one thing that stuck to me the most about you is the the love you give 
every basketball player in the Big East tournament, not just your team. And that was one thing that, especially in your post-game interview about how the Big East has, you know, a powerhouse, not just UConn. And that's what really drew me into wanting to get to know who Mr. Bozana is. (laughs) (laughs) And and I was really passionate about that because I'm tired of, like, there's a lot of good teams in the Big East. And, you know, sometimes... It's not even because of you guys, just because we get overlooked because we're not power five, but we're every bit as good as those schools and those teams and stuff like that. And I look at Janae, Janae is kicking butt now because she has a coaching staff that believes in her. She She's fit in a, in, in a great role, which she, she has and that she ha- handles the ball. She does a lot of different things. They don't just pigeonhole her or box her in like she was boxed in before. So, you know, she's done great with that. I'm, I'm, I'm really, I mean that sincerely. I'm really happy for her. And, 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 and uh, I, I, no, I just, she's great. So, all right, go ahead. I'm talking too much. No, it's all right. I love it. So coach, you have to tell me, where does your love of basketball come from? You know, I, 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 I love the competition in it. I think that's really important. Um, Sierra, I think the girls um, game is just so pure still. They, they try hard. It's, it's for a team. Um, yes, we have the WNBA now, which is great. Hopefully it's going to grow even more, adding two or four, four teams. And we do need to do that. And I'll, you know, I can expand on that later, but I, I just, I, I love the competition. I love being around the kids, but I, you know, I had a great high school coach and I was a terrible player and I had a great high school coach <laughs> and he um, sat me down and said, listen, you know, you can be on a team, but you're not going to play. It's just this, but you, you have great knowledge for the game. You love the game. You relate well to people. Just want you to tag along. So I tagged along with scouting with them. I went to all the meetings before and after practice. And, you know, um, John Delecki and Mark Hayson were those two coaches and they were great. And uh, I spoke to John Delecki the other day. His daughter just got married. And um, I tell him again, you know, he's 70 something years old, but he's been a huge part of my life. So, um, yeah, that's how I got it. And you, you speak of like coaching women, like what was, I know you say it's pure, but a lot of people like to coach men because the talent wise, well, they think there's no talent. So what really was the biggest choice for you to decide to start coaching women? I couldn't get a men's job to be blunt in high school. My senior year, I went for the boys um, varsity basketball job at St. Mary's high school in South Amboy, New Jersey. And the guy's like, I can't hire you. You have no experience. Really, you just helped out your high school coach. Why don't you take the girls' job? We don't have a lot of candidates. I think you'd relate well to them. And um, we need a coach. And you could be the varsity coach. Your friend could be the JV coach. I'm like, I don't know if I really want to do it. He's like, do it. They'll love you. They hated the coach. So no matter what, you're going to be a good guy. And it was fun. The girls, the girls were good. We had a, a tremendous group. I still talk to some of them now. I was 21 years old. They were 16 and 17. Wow. But it was great. And Richard gave me that chance as an AD. I'll never forget. I win my first game again on the bus. And he goes, you can stay for another day. And I'm like, oh, my God, is he serious or not? And he started laughing. He let me make a lot of mistakes in terms of strategy. But I had great kids. And, uh, and I really just certainly loved to do it for the three years there. And uh, – it just, it, you know, I was able to achieve a varsity job at 21. And, you know, nowadays it would be hard to get that because there's so many more people interested in coaching. Mm-hmm. But back then, it gave me the chance. And uh, I'll always be indebted to him. That's, you see, like, great people. That's, like, how great you are. It was just amazing, really, bumping into you at 
the Big East tournament. Yeah, that so, was cool. It really was. And I, I mean, I don't have my nails right now because I'm dealing uh, getting over a nail infection, but um, I'm still me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when come players come ask you for advice, I know you are probably, what are some quotes that you give some of your girls when they're having bad game or their shots not falling or just advice about life in general? Well, I think from a basketball standpoint, they, you know, they've achieved a Big East scholarship. They were in the Big East. I mean, you're talented. Don't let a bad game, a bad day, a bad week, even a bad month take away. You're talented. You wouldn't be here if you didn't have the talent. It'll come back. It'll be there. Just, just relax. Work hard. Clear your mind. Go to the movies. Um, go to dinner with your friend. Don't put so much pressure on yourself. I mean, you know, obviously the mental aspect of our game is, 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 is and say society is so difficult for the girls. There's so much pressure on them. You know, the last thing I want to do is go in and practice more, go in and relax. They're Big East talented players. They'll be fine. Just relax and, and stuff. And in life, just enjoy this. I mean, it goes too quick. Um, you know, 18 to 22 year olds, is a tough time in your life, but enjoy it, have fun with it. And that's my thing, you know, Sierra, I just want them to enjoy themselves and have fun. We've, we've had a lot, I've been there nine years. We've had a lot of fun for, I would say eight of those, seven of those years. You know, we had a couple of years that weren't that much fun, but the last three years have been great because I think we've all taken a step back during COVID and after COVID and realizing life is so precious, just have some fun and, uh, Let's enjoy the time we have together. I really enjoy being around the girls more so than I've ever been in my whole life. I think I enjoy being around you too, because you can see that your girls are really having fun on the court, like at all times, even when it's, you know, not going in their favor for that one possession or a couple of possessions, you know, you call a timeout. I see you in not only just coaching to them, but speaking to them, you know, letting them know that it's okay. We're going to have a run like this. The game is about runs. So, and that's another thing that um, stuck up, stuck out about you when I was watching you coach, even when Thank you came you. to Providence. <laughs> yeah. You have players like Lauren Park Lane. They make it fun. She's always got a smile on her face. She's, she struggled at a time this year and really her breakout game to get out of her slump was the game at Providence. And mm -hmm. I think 30 and, and, and I was like, who's this little girl? She's yeah. falling. Wow. It was, it was, she had a great game. And, and, and her whole season took off after that. She put so much pressure on herself. I said, just go have fun. And she did that day. And I think she's just getting, you know, just getting everyone else to have fun now. She's just a wonderful person. We, we spend almost every day together during the summer. Um, she just comes in, hangs out, sits in the office, um, sits in, you know, with our, you know, director of basketball operations, Shakina Richardson, who was an All-American WNBA draft choice point guard. And they just talk about life. And it's great to have someone like Shakina there. Um, you know, my whole staff, my, you know, um, you know uh, Christy Guthridge, our, 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 um, our coordinator of basketball operations, and Lauren DeFalco. And they're just talking to her and talking to her. It's great, you know. Uh, and, and, and then Lauren just really, I think, relaxed everyone. And we have a really good group because of Lauren. Yeah, she's very, she may be small, but she packs a lot of power between on the court and just when she's on the bench. Even that game where you guys came back and won, you just seen her, come on, guys, we got this, we're going to win, we got, and then everyone followed suit, and it became a great team win, and it was great, and that's just to go with the type of coach you are. 
No, thank you. She's just a good, she's just a great kid to have with you. Um, yeah, she's a great player, but she's just so much more than that. So we recently celebrated 50 years of Title IX and you being a woman's coach, can you speak to what Title IX means to you or how you teach your girls the importance of Title IX? We spoke about it at, you know, the four or five kids that are here and Lauren Park Lane actually spoke about it at a fundraiser dinner, um, wow. one of the nights right anniversary. And, you know, Sierra, you know, we, we need to get as many women involved in the game as the girls need to, to be able to look at someone and see themselves in that person, you know, whether it's ethnicity, um, gender, whatever it may be. But I think I can be part of it, too. I said, you know, a lot of them have, have, have fathers that are their role models as well. And I try to be their role model based on enthusiasm, support and effort. I don't think they'll ever find someone who doesn't try harder for them and for the program. So Title IX, I just said to them, listen, this is giving you, you're getting more of an opportunity than people 50 years ago, 60 years ago, 40 years ago. Title IX keeps growing and growing and growing. And, you know, we're blessed, you know, in a society we had, um, you know, um, Congresswoman Cheryl come um, from, from our area and she gave, talked to the girls about Title IX, asked their opinions. Um, wow. We did a little video on it. And, you know, just to raise awareness of it. And our girls really are, are, are good about it. They're good ambassadors for the game. But I think one of the things that's really um, really been a great point is we're getting more publicity. We're getting on TV more. We're getting more notice. We're getting more media coverage. We have great podcasts like yourselves that are getting the girls' names out there. And all of a sudden, now people are like, wow, you know, their ratings go up on TV and, and the enthusiasm for the sport are really growing. Why? Because we're promoting it better. We're we're using that Title IX platform to utilize it. So it, Title IX means a lot for me, for our girls, for my kids. Um, you know, I, I I just think you know we continue to grow it. People like yourself and 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 uh, Congresswoman Cheryl and our senior women's administrator Tatum Kolitz, they're all about equity for the woman in Title IX, and it really helps us a lot. Yes, I, I'm gratefully happy for Title IX because I wouldn't be here if it wasn't yeah. for that. And I'm, I'm learning more and more every day about how much fight these women put in to give us this back 50 years ago. So it, learning something new every day or every minute about this game it has been the best journey that I've ever been on in my yeah. thus far. So you spent 11 years and, and own a college. Is that how you pronounce it? Cause you know, I own it. I own, I own it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And what would you say was the biggest takeaway from that coaching experience and how do you use it in your coaching today? I do, you know, um, I went there and we won one game our first year, um, eight games and then six games. And I thought I was going to be fired. After my third year, we changed ADs. And that AD, Pat Lyons, calls me in the office. And I remember telling my wife, I thought, you know, the night before I might be fired. And he goes, you're doing a great job. And I'm like, you're 15 and 70. And he goes, no, you're building a culture. You're building a program. And he gave me the confidence, too, as a coach to get better. He's like, you have a great woman. You have a great staff. You're going to do fine. And that belief and faith he get, he put in me, you know, really helped me so much. And then, you know, we, we got Martina Weber, um, 
came in and uh, she was a WNBA draft choice and in the Mac level, that was a lot. And, you know, then we had players like my, my assistant, Lauren DeFalco, my, uh, my former assistant, Marissa Flagg, um, you know, some great players to come along and really, you know, elevate us and get us to be one of the top two teams in the Mac for the next, maybe, you know, well, that was my third year of the last eight years, probably top the last six, six of the last six of the eight years. We were really, we were right there. And uh, we had some great players come in and Mika Martinez, all-time leading scorer in the Mac, Joy Adams, all-time leading rebounder in the Mac, um, Haley D'Angelo, the best captain I've ever had. Um, like I said, Lauren DeFalco, thousand point score, um, Marissa Flagg played um, for me and coached with me. And, and those kids were great. You know, Alicia Kyle started for me at Iona, when I went to Seton Hall, she came with me and I learned a lot about relationships and building. Um, um, we had a great president, um, Jim Liguori. He had a lot of faith in me and um, I had a great mentor and uh, sister Marie Thornton. She was a great um, supporter of our program. She not only helped us, you know, with budgets and stuff, she helped us be able to talk to the girls and, 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 and make awareness. She was a big title IX proponent too. You know, even that, um, 15 years ago, you know, getting the girls equitable stuff, getting the girls publicity, going to a board meeting and talking about the girls team and having board members come to our game. So she was great with that. So I learned a lot about, you know, just relationships, how to build relationships, but like Pat Lyons, I learned a lot about faith and believing in myself and, and Pat had a lot to do with that because, you know, it was hard for him to keep me, you know, when we were so bad to start, but he saw a vision, he saw my vision and he had his own vision and it worked out well. So I learned a lot and I met some great people, um, like I said, and, you know, I have my assistant, my associate head coach now played for me there. I got to meet, I, I recruit her and um, mm -hmm. it was great. And uh, I still in touch with a lot of the players at Iona. I, it, it would be only right. It's who you are. So of course, and you, you're at your alma mater. Was it a choice to go back to your alma mater or did they ask you to come back? It was hard. Like, you know, I really loved Iona. It was a big part of me. Um, but brother Lagori had retired. Sister Marie Thornton had moved on. Um, Pat Lyons, my AD had moved on to become the AD at Seton Hall. So, <laughs> you know, it was a big change in the guard there. And, you know, coach Donovan laid a, a foundation at Seton Hall and then went back to coaching the pros and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, she had recruited some good players and they hadn't had the success yet, but she was building on it. And I just saw an opportunity when Pat Lyons reached out to me and said, listen, would you be interested? And I said, I would. He goes, well, I'm going to bring a few people in and I'd like you to be one of them to interview. And then and I interviewed four separate times, four wow. different people with uh, our president, our president of the board of trustees and no, that gentleman, Hank D'Alessandro, is still a good friend of mine to this day, and he's been great. The board of trustees gentleman, uh, Jim O'Brien, I met with him. He's he, he's, he's a huge um, supporter of our women's basketball program um, at Seton Hall. In fact, we just went to the NIT, and 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 the, and, 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 and Mr. O'Brien um, uh, donated our our our, our um, uh, NIT runner-up rings. So wow. he was there at the Title IX night. And um, that we had a, a week ago, and uh, he he was so impressed with the girls and everything. He asked if we were going to get rings, and they weren't sure of the school. And he goes, "Well, I'll take care of it." So that's just the type of people he is, and and they are. And uh, I'm just really so proud of our alumni and our group. So yeah, you know, I had to interview, but I did. It was my alma mater. You know, everyone has a dream job. Everyone like, oh, a dream job, UConn or South Carolina or wherever." My dream job 
with Seton Hall and um, because of the people. And, uh, you know, I had a great, Pat Lyons, now the vice president there, and Dr. Nyer, who, who, who when I was leaving, was the president I own, and now became the president here. So it's mm-hmm. almost like uh, a lot of the people we were together with still, and that's why I was successful. And I have a really good AD now, uh, Brian Feltz, who's a Seton Hall alum. So we believe in Seton Hall. You know, I think at the end of the day, Sierra, people ask, you know, how we get good players to. We get good players because we're good people, and we sell the people at Seton Hall. Um, and, uh, you know, it starts with, like I said, our president, um, Mr. Nyer, Dr. Nyer, and um, Pat Lyons, but even like Joyce Strauser, who, who got an award on Title IX night. She's a woman's basketball season ticket holder, and she's the dean of the business school. Like, you don't see that too much. No, and her husband, officials as much as anybody. So so it's nice. Um, we have a really good group, and, you know, our ADs are just, just, just a really, you know, great leader. And uh, Mr. Felton, he's a really smart Seton Hall guy. You can just hear the passion you have just for the people as you speak of Seton Hall. Um, and, it, and it just shows from every person on the bench, on the court, their fans, everyone. It's a big family. It is. And, and I've tried to surround myself with as many Seton Hall people as possible. You know, Shakina Richardson is my director of basketball operations. She's a grad, uh, a master's graduate of Seton Hall. Jose Rabimbos played on the 89 national um, championship runner up men's team. And he's not only a great friend, a tremendous offensive coach, he's a, he's a Seton Hall alum and he, be, you know, believes in it. Um, you know, like I said, you know, Marissa Flair was with me a long time. Lauren DeFacco has been with me since Iona, three years at Iona. She coached and played for me four years. And, you know, we all bleed Seton Hall Blue now. We've been there 10 years. Um, it, it's nice. It's a nice group of people. Um, and, and, and having, you know, just, just them all care about Seton Hall like I do makes it our job, you know, easier. Speaking of easy, what has been the toughest part about coaching? from either when you first started to Iona or even to now? Well, you know, I, I think the hardest part is, you know, just the changing and, and it's good, Sierra, but it's bad. The changing and, you know, we don't have the same, you know, you know, power is not the right word, but we don't have the same authority that we used to. And yes, I don't think it should be, run like an iron fist like it was years ago but i think it's almost sometimes gets too much on the other end and you know we you know what you have to ask every second what the players think and want and that's really not good too because at 18 to 22 as we both remember um you obviously a lot uh, shorter than me we didn't know all the answers so sometimes i have to make the, the the things and what i love about um, our players is our players respect that they love the idea that we sit down and we have conversations. I call it a marriage, but ultimately at the end of the day, I have to make the final decision mm-hmm. and to the girl, they, they respect that. And they, they've under, they, they, they understand the line that we have right now where we are a team, we are together. We are going to try and make mutual decisions. But at the end of the day, coach Brazil has to make a decision based on 30 people in his program. And the girls have been great about it. My staff has been great, but it's been the hardest thing to balance because years ago, right or wrong, I didn't even ask their opinion. I just did it. You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, which is more better now, you do want their opinion. With that being said, it can't always be there. Right. Okay. And you have to have a, have to have a group that understands there's a balance and this group does understand that balance led by lauren park lane sydney cooks has been amazing helping the younger kids understand that and um 
we have a great balance. I believe in that. And yes, that doesn't mean they don't get mad at me. Of course they, they <laughs> right. But they know I love them and I care for them. So, you know, we, we, we've become a good, it's become a partnership, a marriage. Um, and in marriage, you still fight every now and then, but you always love each other. And I'm, I'm, I'm blessed with that group. So I think that's been the hardest adjustment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other thing is there's a lot of pressure on the girls. Not that there wasn't years ago, but everything's media, social driven. The mental aspect is really hard for the girls. And I try and, you know, understand that and be there for them. And sometimes I can't be, and I get frustrated by that too. Well, look at that. See, you, ways you can't be there for your girls obsess you. And that's why you are one of, I say, one of my greatest coaches that I love to watch coach. And Thank you are, you. you're welcome. You're part of the Big East Conference. Um, you spoke a lot about some changes um, in the Big East tournament. What is one of the changes you would like to actually see going forward into this upcoming season in that conference? Well, I just think, you know, we're all trying to raise our game. Obviously, UConn's the best of the best. People are like, oh, yeah, they struggled last year. They lost in the national championship game. So, you know, know, everyone's idea of struggle is a little different. You know, they still went to the national championship finals. I I mean, I was at that game against NC State, and boy, that was a great game. That was an amazing game. Yeah. I I just, you know, I, I I, I just think we're all trying to get better. I would like to have a, we have a little more of a balanced schedule. We used to play Friday nights and Sundays. Now we're going to play um, all over the place, which is better because what was happening, Sierra, we were playing Friday nights, traveling and playing another game on Sunday afternoon. That wasn't fair to the girls from a health standpoint. You know, you do it once. That's one thing. When you did it every week for eight or nine straight weeks, that, that was awful. And, um, you know, we finally got that changed. The Big East understood what we were saying as coaches. We all formed together a group, and it was much better. And I'm looking forward to that, being able to give the girls multiple days of rest in between a game. And and and, and you'll see better play, and you'll see even more teams being successful and in getting into the NCAA tournament. And I think our, our teams that are struggling at the bottom have gotten a lot better. So I think you're going to see that, and it's going to be a, a big change. So I think the difference in – having more days in between league games is going to make a huge difference right now. And when you or any of your uh, players come to you and speak to about, I want to be in the WNBA, what is some advice that you give them as far as the reality of what we face within the WNBA? Just really spots. And that's my thing. Like my idea is a little off the wall, but, Yes, we need to expand. And I think we will in the next few years. But we also need to understand it's name recognition. And Diana Taurasi, one of the greatest players to ever play basketball, you know, you know, Candace Parker, you know, Sue Bird. A lot of these girls don't know who they are. And I know you're like, how can that be? <laughs> Sue Bird is years old. Mm-hmm. You know, my friend's 20 years old. It's 20 years difference. You know, Sue Bird was playing almost in the WNBA before this kid was born. We need to be able to have more people making the teams that are coming out of college so these girls can relate to those kids. Mm-hmm. So I've always said, since we can't expand yet, we need to make sure that we have one new player on each team. Everyone must have, if your roster is 11, 
everyone has to have 13. You have to have a first or second year player and you have to have a first year player. And that will help grow the game because of name recognition, understanding. I mean, you know, how many draft choices in the first round are getting cut? Like that should not be. But we just don't have enough spots because it's just too difficult right now. Mm -hmm. Sorry. But, um, you know, with, with that being said, we, we, we tell the girls, don't, don't ever let your dream extinguish. Follow your dream. We're going to believe in it. We're going to help you. We're going to support you. You know, we're blessed that we have a lot of WNBA coaches come to our practices, not our games per se. They do, but more our practices because they can watch our games on TV. They come. I have them talk to our girls about life and about, you know, what to expect. And it you don't, there's a spot for you if you carve a niche and carve an attitude and understand you're not going to be the best player coming in. So you're going to have to do the other little things to do it. So right. we talk, I want them to have that dream and believe. I really do. There's nothing wrong, but I do think the WNBA, we need to find a way to keep the younger players more. Mm-hmm. We have, like, you know, it's I understand finance, but most teams are allowed 12 um, players and most are only keeping 10 or 11 and that's a problem but with sal- salary cap and now you don't have as many spots and that's a problem very i would love to see an expansion or a way to keep talent in because yeah. the first round draft picks being cut and the talent that they have or the amount of work they did just to even change or you know um to get to that spot like you know coming from a uh, where, you know, they have a spot where they're not playing so good, but they put all this work and do all this, get drafted, then you get cut the next day. Yeah, awful. I don't know how I would be able to handle that as far right. as mentally. Right, and then they, myself. exactly, mentally, and then they lose the, you know, the, the whole, oh, well, I don't want to watch the WNBA. Why? Because I don't recognize who most of, half the players are. And that's not good. You need these younger kids to, to do it. And I understand I don't want to take away a roster spot from someone who's really good and deserving, but let's add an extra spot or two, call that taxi squad. Yes, you might have to pay them less, but they're still getting the experience and the name recognition is still there. And when they say, wow, 18 players in the draft made a team this year as opposed to six players, it makes a big difference. Very big difference. And it continues to let people know that their dream is still achievable, continue to follow that dream. But I don't know how many girls lost that dream after seeing what happened or seeing players that are absolutely amazing and they just don't have nowhere to go and they're just done for. And I I don't, and I don't know. And for me, it sucks as a fan because when you see these girls in college and they're just balling, they're giving you everything you want, especially with, you know, Lauren, she's so small, but her game is very big. Yes. So when, when you see that in college and then you come the draft night, it's like, well, that's not who I just seen. Like, I, where's that fire? I want to see that spiciness, this upcoming WNBA season. And it, as a fan, it's like, yeah, and, and you, you hit the nail on the head, and that's my whole thing. Like, we need to have player recognition and people recognition. Uh, you know, 
oh, it's not fair. Well, it, it, you know, you want to sell the game. You want these young people to be involved. That's the big thing. You want them to come to the games. We take our kids to probably a couple WNBA games a year. And to be blunt, sometimes they're like, ah, it's okay. I'm like, why is it okay? They're like, I don't even know who anybody is on that. I'm just making up Dallas stars. I know, I, you know. I mean, a lot of people don't know a lot of players on Dallas. If you really, right? truly don't watch, watch. Right. And then because there's no young people on that and stuff. And for your squad this year, what is the one goal that you want to achieve as a team? I want to stay healthy, but I want to have fun. I, I think we've put a lot of pressure on ourselves last year, and that's why we started off 8-10. and 10. Everyone's like, you're an NCAA team, you're this, you're picked third. And the pressure was really great. So this year, I don't want to have pressure. I just want the girls to have a lot of fun. And we're going to be good. We have a lot of talent. We do. We wait to see this recruit as you did. We have one of the best point guards in the country and Lauren, one of the best, you know, big kids in the country and Sydney, Sydney. Cook. Mm-hmm. We have some other really talented players, you know, like, you know, Maya Bembry and, mm-hmm. um, you know, just, just kids that are good. And we have tremendous match transfers. They're going to be really great for us as well. So. I'm excited. We we purposely only have 13 kids on the team because we thought we had a lot of talent. We didn't want to put people on the team that to not play. We save scholarship for a mid-year transfer. But we're really excited about this group, Sierra. Like this is a group that's worked hard. Right. Having we have great size at, at, at all our positions. So we're excited. I, I, we're gonna be we're gonna be very good. I just want them to have fun and not be like, oh my gosh, we lose a game, and they're like, no, just relax. It'll be okay. I would love to come to a game and see in fall this year. So uh, and soon, do on the court. So I'll give you courtside seats. Yes, have- I would love to. I would love yeah. to see you in action right there next year. I would love that. I'm gonna record the whole thing, get my own little halftime show going, and right. everything. Yes, well, we I- love. That's an invite. It's a deal. Thank you. And thank you, Coach Tony, for giving me your time and coming on Sports Talk with C and chopping it up with me. Can't wait to see all your other ones. And thank you for having me on. Thank you.